Tom Barfield, John Morris, Lark Smith. We welcome you back to AT&T Stadium. It is Big 12 Media Days presented by the Office of Baylor Alumni. Again, John, we talk about you never know who you're going to run into, and you knew Ian Fitzsimmons and introduced him to us, and he's on our radio station at night. He's yeah. part of our team, but I never had a chance to meet him. Yeah, great guy. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know where I first met him, but I've known him for a long time, and he's on ESPN National Radio every night and then does a ton of games. He's the sideline guy for ESPN Radio's national football games during the uh, fall. So he is very plugged in to college football. I was just, you know, his personality, I think, really works well for a sideline reporter. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he, he just fits, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He doesn't mince any words. No, no, he that. doesn't. So uh, uh, you want to hear that? Yeah, this absolutely. This is Ian Fitzsimmons of ESPN Radio here, part of the media contingent at Big 12 Football Media Days. Back with us here at Big 12 Football Media Days in Arlington. I should say Old Trapper Big 12 Conference Media Days. We love the uh, sponsor of the uh, media's, uh, media opportunities. And a guy that can relate to that is heard weeknights here on ESPN Central Texas. Ian Fitzsimmons joins us now. One of the luminaries walking around the Come stadium on, here. Up, John. He's a voice of the damn Baylor Bears, baby. I mean, a legend here, man. So th- thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Mark, Mark, good to see you guys. Tom, good to see you. And you start handing out free beef jerky. Yeah. An old horse guy like me who grew up on a thoroughbred horse farm in Folsom, Louisiana. Yeah, I'm going to attack some jerky. So I'm <laughs> in, man. All you got to do is say, Old Trapper is a new sponsor. I'm like, yep, sign me up. Yeah, there you go. Coach, You're going to take a box of that home with you, if not I'm gonna, more. T- I'm going to tackle that guy right there. Take the whole stand. Absolutely. <laughs> old Trapper, there's a good testimonial right there. What do you think? This kind of uh, kind of kicks things off. Thinking about football, talking season, it? man. You remember Steve Spurrier famously said that many, many moons ago, right? Where, uh, but, you know, at SEC media days, he's you know, like, this is talking season. Every, everybody's yeah. great. Yeah. Every, oh, you know, my quarterback's great. <laughs> running back's great. Everything's great, and we're all lying. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but except for you guys, man, Dave Aranda, as, as you know, John, you know, I've talked about this. I mean, I, I've known him going back to his days at Utah State, and. Yeah, he just seems last year, I had you guys three times, he seems like the guy I knew way back when. Yeah. When, when I had that two, that LSU squad in 2019, I had him six times. He looked miserable. Hmm. You know, because it, it, it went from you got to beat Alabama. Mm-hmm. Then it was you got to win the SEC. Then it's go, you got to go undefeated. Hmm. It's like, can I just enjoy my breakfast? <laughs> right? I mean, I'm right. here with my wife and kids. And now I think his first year at Baylor – it, it, it wasn't like he was himself, kind of finding his way a bit, right? And then year two, it was, you know what? I'm an introvert in an extrovert's world. I'm just going to be me. And you saw a, the best version of, of Dave Aranda. When you had so many schools coming after him last year. I mean, I know for a fact he, that his, his, he, was, he told his agent, there's three schools. Uh, no. No. I'm happy right here. He right. can be himself right. at Baylor. And I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. And Baylor fans, you've got one of the best in the business in Dave Aranda. He's just he's won everywhere he's been. Bottom line, and 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 that's what he does. He yeah. wins games that may not be conventional, but he finds a way to get it done. Hey, go back to the. That pylon right uh, down there. Oh, yeah. I know. I'm standing on the pylon, <laughs> you know, calling that game on ESPN Radio with Sean Kelly and Barrett Jones. And the place goes nuts. It's the, it's the, it's the hit of the year, right? And you, I look down the Baylor sideline, <laughs> and there's Aranda, stone-faced. No emotion, right? None. <laughs> that's, the, that's him. That, that's the fiery defensive coordinator in him. And in his mind, it was one second, 
three inches, got to get the ball out. Game's not over. Yeah. That is Dave Arandon. And afterward, he read, read some book by you know, Tolstoy or whatever, right? I mean, it wasn't even celebrating the actual game. He just went back to his hotel and retired with, you know, a, a kid's book or something. Who knows? Hey, I am glad we've got him, though. Oh, hell Man. yeah. And to be honest, his first year was a COVID year. Absolutely. No spring practice. Everything was new. Meeting his players, meeting their families over, over a Zoom. And that was two and seven. But how about that? How dramatic is that? That to go from two and seven to twelve and two. That's all the guy does, man. He wins, and he and again, I think every head coach is going to learn something in their first stint, right? Hey, Bill Belichick was fired at you know in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. And, and remember, back in '95, they won a playoff game with Vinny Testaverde at quarterback. I think they were an 11 win team. The following year, patience is the ultimate virtue, right? Well, whatever, not in coaching. And he goes like, you know, wins, what, five games the following year, and the Browns fire him. That's yeah. the Browns being the Browns. But he learned from that experience, yeah. and now the rest is history. Not comparing here, it's an example of, I think Aranda learned a lot as to, one, be yourself. And two, man, just he revamped the staff, which I'm sure wasn't easy for him to do. But right. you, you saw the the not just the best version of, of Coach Aranda, but I think that's what you're going to see going forward. That's just who he is. You cover college football all over the country. You cover the SEC. You, you, you've got your thumb on all of this. Where's the Big 12 in your opinion? Well, right now you've got two that are separated, obviously, and that's the SEC and the Big 12. And I remember talking to Greg Sankey, SEC commissioner, wait, wait. last year. SEC and Big 12? Oh, excuse me, Big 10. Okay. Oh, sorry, I apologize. Right. Just stuck no, in like, moment here. No, yeah. I like what you said. That's good. <laughs> the SEC and Big 10. But I remember uh, telling Sankey, you know, uh, super conferences are, are on the rise. And he said, well, we're already there. And he, he's right. Gee, yeah. I mean, I mean he is. Look, yeah. look, look at how many national titles, you know, over the last 10, 12 you know, years. I mean, it's it, Sorry, that's just the way it is. And they've gotten even bigger. Obviously, the Big Ten reaction to Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC, that was driven by Fox. I've talked to two different athletic directors in the Pac-12 that have said this is a direct reaction from Fox with UCLA and USC going to the Big Ten. So now you have those two that have separated themselves. Now it's a feeding frenzy. Uh, and, And if you're not aggressive you're beaten. I mean, if you aren't looking to poach someone else, you're done. And I think that's where Jim Phillips in the ACC and George Klyovkov of the Pac-12, they were naive to think that at Alliance was going to work. I mean, I don't know if Kevin Warren of the Big Ten had hung up the phone before you started laughing. Yeah. You know, and, then, and, and, and not to his defense, but this expansion by the Big Ten was driven by Fox. Again, two athletic directors in, in the Pac-12 told me that independent of one another mm. so now you're looking at brett yormark right and i just had a long sit down with him he comes off to me as a guy who's not going to be sitting still and waiting for someone to come to him yeah i think he's going to be aggressive because he's watching what phillips and Klyovkov didn't do and that's something that like i know if i'm him i'm taking note and i'm also leaning heavily on bob bowlsby who kept this conference together with spit, glue, and duct tape and a hell of a lot of pride mm-hmm. and found a way to do it. And the irony is now, Pac-12 is going to try to do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't easy for him to be able to do that. But if anybody tells you what they, you know, this is going to happen, they're lying. 
I mean, I think we'll know a lot more in 30 days uh, when the Pac-12 has to announce that their new media rights and what every school is going to get. And that's when you'll see chancellors, presidents, athletic directors in that conference either start saying, we gone, or, yeah. okay, we can build on this. Mm-hmm. Interesting. What, 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 was your, uh, what are your impressions of Brett Yormark? You sat down with him. This is the first time we've got to hear from him, meet him here today. Man, uh, is he the right guy? Great first impression. Yeah. Uh, he has such a, a unique background. You know, he's been in NASCAR to Rock Nation. <laughs> Hello. I mean, that's Alpha and Omega, man. It's kind of like you. It's a lot like you. Morris, stop it. But <laughs> he, he, he's having been in, in those two venues, in the NBA, like you got to retool in the NBA a ton. I mean, look what's going on with the Brooklyn Nets right now. So when it comes to improvising, adapting, overcoming, he's had to do it. Uh, and I think he's going to lean heavily on Bob Bowlesby. In our 12, 13-minute conversation, he mentioned Bowlesby's name four times, which I think is very smart for him to lean on, on Bowlesby a bit. Uh, and, and I was talking to Bob earlier. You know, I mean, I can't say enough about the man and what he did uh, for the Big 12. And he's more than willing to be available whenever Yormark needs him. So uh, I, I think that my first impression is, uh, yeah, I mean, home run higher. Yeah. Came out of left field. I thought it may be Greg Byrne. You know, whole cut. I mean, you, you name it, right? You, you know, all these guys that were being named, uh, rumored to be the next commissioner. He even told me when, it, when it, the job came open, he wanted it, but then got a very late start <laughs> in trying to go get it. And so he's thrilled to be here, and I think he's going to be extremely aggressive. Don't you need that right now? Hell yes. I mean, in these days, don't you need to be proactive? Ask Klyakov right now in the Pac-12. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Can't sit back. No. You cannot you sit are, back. If you are, you are cooked as Christmas dinner, man. You're deep fried. Right. So I think he will be aggressive. And whether that's, you know, Oregon, Washington, Arizona, Arizona State, who knows? Yeah. I, I have no earthly idea. But right. like I said, I think we'll know a lot more and in roughly 30 days. I'm going off the top of my head there with that Pac-12 announcement of their, of their media deal. And then I think we'll know a lot more. You are, you are a proponent of uh – of the transfer portal and NIL and those type of things, what do, what do you think that's done to, to college football over the last 24 months? Well, I used to refer to Mark Emmer, the outgoing director, quote, director of the NCAA, as direct deposit. Because <laughs> that's all that guy cared about was his damn direct deposit. That $2 million check, right? I mean, is it, is it clearing every two weeks? He didn't care about the game, didn't care about, you know, the athletes, didn't care, didn't care about the fans. Just did my direct deposit hit on Thursday. I'm good, good to go, don't care about anything else. And when he approved NIL with no guardrails, I mean, it was like putting a two-year-old in a bowling alley and not putting the guardrails up, right? Balls are going every lane, you know, I mean, just hopping over things. There's, And Nick Saban is spot on. I mean, he's one of the ones that would benefit the most from, you know, the state we're in right now. And he's the one screaming, we should, we need, you know, to have any kind of of, of a governor, to, to, to make it a level playing field because right now, man, the halves are getting even bigger. They're, they're going from rich to wealthy, and the other schools are just going from trying to hang in there to dirt poor. So I am not – I mean, I'm all about players getting paid, but there should be like either a salary cap for each, each – every, every school has the same guidelines, right? Mm-hmm. So here you have $4 million to go spend, but you can't do it until your player your, your has – established himself at the school. So instead of being able to get NIL coming into when you haven't played it down yet, see, see Quinn yours. Yeah. 
Dude made over a mill and never saw the field at Ohio State. Right, right. I don't know what Texas boosters are giving him right now in NIL, but you got a kid named Arch Manning coming in. Hey, Quinn, you going to hit the road again? Yeah. And those boosters that paid him, right, what was the return on the money? So, to me, it should be some form of, you know, you've been there and you've done something. But it should not be used as a tool in recruiting. But Emmert didn't give a damn. Could he, not, he could not care less. And, therefore, it is a wild, wild west out there. You know, and, and throwing money around like it's, you know, like they're pom-poms in an SEC game. <laughs> Are you on the air tonight? Uh, not tonight. Not they, tonight. They gave me a bit of a reprieve. Day one of Big 12 Media Days. Right. Uh, back at it tomorrow. Okay, and, good. Uh, and then over to SEC on Sunday. All right. Do you hit them all? Do you try to hit all the conference no, media days? No, I'll normally do two or three okay. max. Gotcha. Um, but because, you know, on, on the play-by-play side, mm-hmm. I'm leaving the talk side, right? And, and mm-hmm. you know, if you're leaving the talk side and not here, then right. I'm not doing my, my due diligence for the uh, for the play-by-play side. Not sure. like anybody gives a damn about this right now. But anyway. I do. Well, you do, John. I, do. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, thank you. Well, there's <laughs> one of us then. <laughs> there's one of us. Hey, I think, by the way, I think Baylor, I mean, legit preseason pick to win this conference. Yeah. Got to develop some guys on the outside, but, man, yeah. the guts of the team, it's in place, and you got the best guy to lead them. I like it. Well, our goal is to be good enough to get you at a game, okay? Seems or, to happen every year now. It does. That's nice. Didn't used yeah. to happen that way, did hey, it? Even in a two-win season, right? I had you guys against Kansas State. And, by the way, that <laughs> game right. that game was a big, I think, a big boost for it Aranda. Was. It was. You know? Oh, it was huge. And that freezing, it was absolutely cold. Huge. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't get to Georgia's fast enough for some crazy wings. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Stay safe. Travel safe. Always great Good to, to see, see you. Good to see you, Morgan. Yeah, Good to see you, see you guys. Thank Thanks, you all. Appreciate it. Ian Fitzsimmons, ESPN Radio. Again, Ian Fitzsimmons on ESPN Central Texas. And you're right. He uh, He's, he's going to tell you what he thinks. Oh, and yeah. and uh, he's going to be colorful in how he does it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and he was. Mm-hmm. He, a fun guy, too, yeah. by the way. Yeah, very fun. And uh, great to visit with him. You'll hear him uh, not tonight, he said, but tomorrow night mm-hmm. uh, right here on ESPN Central Texas. Then he's going to the SEC Media Day days next week so a guy that really knows what he's talking about ian fitzsimmons on espn central texas we're going to step aside and we're coming right back with more in just a moment